Now, Africa Connected with Standard Bank gives you trusted insights into the endless potential of Africa's markets. And we are sending Pan-African broadcaster Lee Kasumba to unpack doing business across the continent. Uh, this month, she's in Cote d'Ivoire, and you can follow her journey on africaconnected.co.za or on social media using the hashtag Africa Connected. Right now, let's find out what she's been up to. We spoke yesterday. She was off to an important breakfast. Lee Kasumba, great to have you with us again. How did that breakfast go? The breakfast was amazing. I have to tell you a funny story. Apparently, the ambassador, um, you know, there was a bit of miscommunication. He thought we were coming for coffee. So he was actually listening to the station, and then he's like, oh, they're coming for breakfast. He literally fried, he fried us samosas. It was so funny. As he came in, he was wearing an apron, and he said, I made you samosas. I heard you on the radio saying that you were coming for breakfast. <laughs> so it turned out to be quite funny, but I thought it was great that, that the ambassador was actually listening. Um, obviously, you know, he stays connected with what's going on in South Africa, so it was, it was awesome. And it's wonderful. He's listening to Kev talk. What a great story. Lee, you've been taking a look at electricity supply, which is obviously one of the big challenges on this continent all over. How does Cote d'Ivoire fare by comparison to neighbours like Nigeria when it comes to uninterrupted electricity? So Cote d'Ivoire fares pretty well in comparison to its neighbors like Nigeria. For example, if you're in Nigeria, everybody, it's kind of standard practice to have a generator. And obviously, if the, if the fuel price goes up or down or the fuel scarcity, it affects the average small business and, of course, people's homes. In Cote d'Ivoire, they, they have 24-hour power supply. And while I was speaking to the ambassador, I actually asked him about this. And he said that he also finds that the wattage in Cote d'Ivoire versus in South Africa is a lot higher. So it's kind of bright even the streetlights are, are quite brighter than what they are in South Africa. So they have their power supply pretty much sorted out. They don't have a generator situation. But obviously, like we do have in South Africa, there are certain parts of the country um, where they, and, and parts of the, the main cities and everything where they don't have good power supply, depending on where it is that you stay. But holistically and overall, they stay very well in comparison to their neighbors. Okay, let's take a look at uh, the small business economy, Lee. Uh, not everywhere in Africa is uh, has access to credit, uh, certainly uh, access to getting cre- uh, loans to start small businesses, for example, not something that is consistently available. Uh, how easy is it in Cote d'Ivoire? In Cote d'Ivoire, it's much of the same thing. Um, they generally live in a society where they don't like to take credit in general. And that's something that's taught um, by their parents. And it's just how people do work and live around here. When I, I had a conversation with two um, small business owners, one is a restaurant here, um, and the other is a, she owns a, a coffee shop, one of the only coffee shops in Cote d'Ivoire. And literally they spoke about how for them it's all about raising the capital and being able to do, and the, the term that they use is being able to do business within their means, you know. And so when they start out, they want to be sure that they're in full control of their finances. And they basically start, are willing to start their business small and to grow it if they're not able to get the, the loans that they need. But with that, so they did say in different sectors like ICT and, and so forth, you did find a lot more banks being supportive. But if you're in the restaurant or the, the coffee shop business, for example, because those don't seem to say well, generally, um, you know, they, they aren't able to really get the loans. But the ladies seemed pretty happy. They were determined they made me proud to be a woman just with all that they've achieved and how far it is that they've gone. And also another thing, Pippa, just to add, bearing in mind for them for taxes, you know, we were complaining about um, our, our VAT being at 15%. The VAT here is anywhere between 18 to 20%, which is really high. And that's one of the things that is challenging the small businesses quite a lot here.
Okay. Lee, it's easy to forget hearing you talk about some of the uh, the pluses of this economy, that this is, in fact, a post-Civil War economy, only uh, not even a decade out of Civil War. And we know a number of people fled Cote d'Ivoire as a result of, result of that state of warfare. Uh, are we seeing an influx of young Ivorians in particular coming back home and uh, showing the confidence to start their own businesses? Yes, but as you said, it is a post-war economy that ended in 2012, which is not long ago at all. What I was really inspired by, um, yesterday, you know, we had the conversation about this emerging middle class, and part of the cause of this emerging middle class are young Ivorians who, you know, they've studied in America, they've lived in the UK, you know, and in France, obviously, because of the language. They just felt that the only place that they could make a difference and they could have impact was in Cote d'Ivoire. Now, this is a phenomenon that I've not really seen in other countries. Of course, it's a gross generalization, but in, in general, people in Cote d'Ivoire are so determined to make this country all that it can be. And that is the only um, way that I can describe and explain the fact that, you know, despite all that this country has been through, it is growing at a rapid rate. I think that it was estimated that their average growth is between 7.5% to 9%, which is really huge, you know. And the, 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 the young people are the ones who really are responsible for all that, and they're able to get quite a lot of support from the older generation. And I think it's because with Ivorians from the average man on the street, you know, if you're a fisherman to somebody who is young and who's come back to um, big businesses, to government, they have this, this internal determination that we are going to make Cote d'Ivoire one of the, the shining lights um, of this region and of the continent. And I think that that's the reason why, you know, and I think it's, we can all take a page out of the book um, of Cote d'Ivoire where that's concerned because they have every reason to not be happy or every reason to complain. But just after the civil war, the, the development that I see in this um, in this country and in this city is actually mind-blowing. Lee Kasumba, thanks for those updates. And if you'd like more on Lee's travels, go to africaconnected.co.za. Standard Bank calls Africa home and drives her growth. Combining their strong African presence with global capabilities, Standard Bank supports businesses that need a banking partner who knows Africa. Standard Bank has partnered with Cape Talk on Africa Connected to give you in-depth, first-hand insights into Africa's diverse markets and the innovative solutions that come from Africa. Standard Bank, moving forward.